please stand by for this episode of Locally Famous DBQ. Welcome back to Locally Famous DBQ. This episode is pretty special. We have somebody named Caprice Jones, and he's going to tell us about how he became the founder of the Fountain of Youth program. A lot of people talk about change, but Caprice takes action. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Locally Famous. Uh, Tonight, we, or today, I should say, we have an awesome guest with us. We have Caprice Jones. This is a gentleman that uh, you guys are all going to get to know very well. Because uh, he runs a really cool project here in Dubuque, and he wanted to come on to locally famous Dubuque and talk about it. So, uh, the priest, we're gonna start with the number one question we ask everyone who comes on the show. Uh, what are your connections to Dubuque? Well, I um, I'm a new member of Dubuque. Um, I moved here in 2015 with my family, and I basically am a part of the solutions in Dubuque. Far as that's the way my mindset is. It's to not be a part of the problems. I'm originally from Chicago, so my connection to Dubuque is it's my new home. Congratulations on the move to Dubuque, by the way. Thank so, you. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Mr. Caprice here, he is the, I believe you're the head and founder of the Fountain of Youth program here in Dubuque, right? Yes. How did... Uh, How'd you end up there? Well, I guess tell us about the Fountain of Youth program. Uh, tell us about yourself. Tell us how you ended up there and what it does. Well, the Fountain Youth program is um, is an organization that started from an epiphany. I like it to be a vision that I had in 2016. I um, I came from Chicago, as I stated earlier, and I wanted to basically look forward to a better future, not only for myself, but also for my children's children. And that entails like the environment that I'm in, I'm working in and um, have to communicate in. And so I was working at St. Luke's United Methodist Church on 12th and Main. And that particular morning when I was on my way to work, I had a vision and it basically was an audible um, vision that, that stated Nonprofit organizations are very vital in this hour in history, but they must begin to pour into each other. And it was so, it was so um, overwhelming in my thought process of envisioning this. On my way to work that morning, I couldn't stop thinking about every single element of how it's supposed to form and how it's supposed to happen. And I went to work that day and I spoke to the pastor at that time um, in a staff meeting and I told him about it because he said anything interesting happened to anyone today. And I said, yeah, I had a a vision. You want to hear it? And I shared it with him. It took probably like maybe an hour and a half that I shared it with him. And then at the end of it, I asked him this one question. I said, you think that's something I should pursue? And he said, absolutely. And I never looked back since. And so I was the original uh, board president. And then because of the demands of um, nonprofit um, early development, it, it overwhelms your life to the point where you really can't focus on anything but the vision or the mission that you've um, set it out to accomplish. And it basically pulled me away from my, um, my duties at work because I was always working on the found of youth. And I was graciously given the opportunity to have flex time to be able to continue to, to, um, to pursue this um, vision to help myself and others be like dynamic in this world. And so they gave me the opportunity to like begin to build um, the brand of the founder youth and also 
and build the um the opportunities that come around basically looking for me another job but giving me the flexibility to be able to create that opportunity through raising my own salary to be able to um, be the executive director and so i became the executive director um once that happened Man. and now obviously that that's in, that's a really cool journey like that from there to there it's a it's a very cool story what i didn't interrupt you though what were you going to continue to say i mean well i mean now now here we are four years later going into five years and and everything is is manifesting that's incredible um and i know you kind of talked about forming the honey you can kind of went over the basics of it you know you're trying to ensure that you know you can have a better future for everyone uh if you were to say like the fountain of youth's vision for in Dubuque, uh, you know, you kind of give us that. What would that be? What does that entail? Well, what it entails is showing people through other people's lives that the impossible is not impossible because anything that's possible is possible through someone basically lending encouragement inspiration and um and motivation for individual basically want to better themselves and for the for the founding youth presence in the city of dubuque and the mindsets that we work towards because that's our mission to change the mindsets that contributes to generational poverty and that entails working with all sides of um the spectrum of the community those that's been in poverty all their life that needs to and wants to come out, as well as those that's never experienced generational poverty in, in their life at all, that needs and wants to understand how to not be a barrier to allow other people to come out that's been trapped. That's what it offers to be, hope. Uh, something to say about that too is, uh, you know, I, I myself, I grew up, I mean, my mother, my biological mother, she was a drug addict, you know, I grew up in, like true poverty <laughs> I'm, I, you know i remember not having a place to live for a while at a time in my life and uh there's not there, there wasn't a lot of resources I'll be, I'll be real honest with you uh and i think it's really cool that you've started something to kind of help combat that and help get resources to families that are going to need it because it, it's a crucial thing it's extremely important and you know it, it's you know, I feel it's something that everyone should want to eliminate because it just seems to make sense. You know, you know, you know, like it's it's need the suffering in my mind. I agree. Um, I believe as I've been doing this work, I've been learning so much more because I'm I'm tapped into like the bigger picture of everything. And if you think about it, you know, throughout throughout mankind and just history. Not just in America, but since the beginning of mankind and the earlier civilizations, which was um, some people say mes um, it's over in Africa, Mesotopia. I don't know how I really pronounce it, but Mesotopia um, and also Egypt. Those were the two that I can date back to early civilization. And you always had class, you know, like, you know, social classes, right? And you always had classism, and it existed through humans. Um, intellectual abilities to basically think on certain levels, to be privileged to think on certain levels that most humans probably can't think on, 
And because of like human nature, sometimes we have a tendency to like have different ailments like greed and also um, selfishness and all those type of different things. And I guess pride, egos, and sometimes it can taint um, a person's vision to think about someone else. So it's basically the basic elements of a human kicks in throughout history for like uh, self-preservation. And so a person may want to not just uh, survive, but they want to thrive. And alpha, you know, alpha male syndromes kick in or the alpha human syndrome kicks in for power and dominance. And I believe that's what happened throughout life. So what we see here in America for us, like with the capitalism theory of a person that created that theory was um, same type of theory way back when the first civilization existed. It didn't matter what color a person was. It was just dealing with human nature. And that's what we're dealing with right now today. You know, something else I kind of wanted to talk about too that I thought would be really interesting is, you know, I've been on your guys' website and reading some stuff on there and I saw that you guys have a three-phase partners and change program. Can you kind of tell us about that? What is it exactly? Yeah. Partners and change is our core program and it's three phases that a person can go through. It's um, a six-month maximum um, commitment for the first stage of it. We just incorporated uh, something called um, like an aftercare approach is called like uh, partners and change beyond. And so a person go through the first six months where the minimum requirement would be 60 days. And the 60 day approach came from my thought process about habits. So healthy habits for a person that's trying to change their life in any type of fashion, a lifestyle or a behavior or a thinking pattern, you got to replace those habits with healthy habits. In 21 days, it said that um, a habit is formed. So I believe that if a person is working on something positive, productive for 21 days, different than what they've been doing, then a new habit can be formed. And so I give um, leisure leisure room for the process to take place for a person to really get comfortable with that process. So I say 60 days. They definitely, um, if they're serious about changing their life, they actually have incorporated a new tool in their life as a go-to when they face different subjects or obstacles that they face in life, dealing with employment or dealing with self-care, dealing with um, financial literacy, dealing with um, community, like feeling a part of community. So those are it's seven different courses of goals that they can choose from, but they can only work on three at a time within that six months. And then after that six months, uh, we go into a post partners and change, which is kind of like a follow-up to keep supporting them because in six months, a person still needs some support, especially if they've been making some drastic changes because they're going to have to be able to um, continue to be motivated in that new change because a lot of things going to be in a change in their life that was a once comfort zones and we don't want them to have um, to be left out there to think that, um, you know, like, how do I deal with this now? And so we go into a weaning off process of other, other partners in change. And we begin to connect them at the very end with different opportunities in the community, with building new resources of people they can, they can depend on to help them um, where they are in their life at that point. Like boards and commissions, um, new job opportunities, new career opportunities, and just new friends, healthy friends. Because if they've changed their life, and their life was basically like in a slump or dealing with negativity, those friends are not going to be their friends no more really because they don't have um, the same agendas or they don't have the same ideals about themselves. So they have to replace that with healthy relationships in new places, not toxic relationships, but new healthy relationships to help them continue to grow. If someone wanted to, you know, be a part of the Fountain of Youth 
uh, program, how do they how do they join? Where would they find you guys at? Well, they could um they could look up our website, and also they could look on Facebook or they can call the office. We open uh, Monday through Saturday uh, from eight till five. Uh, Monday through Sa Monday through Friday, and then on Saturday we're open from I say roughly nine o'clock to around two o'clock. Okay. Okay. And then uh, what's kind of on the radar for Fountain of Youth in the coming future? Do you guys have any fun projects planned or anything like that? Yeah, we um we got a couple new things that we've developed too. So we have another core program that's that's like a secondary program, but it's the aspect of opening up our mission with the community at large, which is uh, called Community and Change. And Community and Change is an approach to working with individuals that's not in generational poverty and never even experienced it. And they want to learn like how to really engage or relate to or empathize with someone that is. And so we do a four week um, workshop for um, a company or organization. Um, and this entails diversity, equity, and inclusion, but also generational poverty, which, which includes um, humane education. And um, also we do a one-on-one -on -one community and change with the same approach and it's four weeks and it's more of a personal and professional development opportunity for the, for the um, workshop that's dealing with companies, but also it could be a personal development opportunity slash um, um, professional development for an individual that has a job because really you are who you are as a person, even on your job. At some points it's gonna come out. Whatever, you, whatever the things that you may lack in or you may not even discover. That's what I want to take a person on a journey to discover the best versions of themselves through learning from a person that's from a lived experience of both sides of the tracks. Awesome. <clears throat> that, no, that, that is incredible. And, um, you know, you mentioned you guys have a website and a Facebook. If someone was to search that up, you know, what, uh, what is your website and what is your name on Facebook? Oh, and so the website is the fountain of youth program.org and our business phone number is 563-587-8316 and also on facebook we are the fountain of youth program uh caprice i want to say thank you to you for coming on the show because it's been awesome having you and uh just learning about all of this you know you're doing an incredible thing uh, and it's something that needs to happen, I think, everywhere. And you never know, maybe it could take on and it does. Maybe you'll inspire people elsewhere to do the same thing. And, you know, taking taking people and helping them out of poverty, generational poverty, is incredible. It's life-changing. <laughs> Very literally. <laughs> and uh, there's one last thing I want to ask you that we ask everyone that comes on the show. And if there was one thing that you could tell all of Dubuque, right now what would you say i would say literally we are all in this together from the literal standpoint it shouldn't just be a cliche it shouldn't just be something to say it's the truth think about it that's very true we are all in this together and again caprice thank you so much for coming on the show thank you You're appreciate welcome. it man Dubuque, Iowa. If you are still with me at this point in the podcast, I want to talk to you. What do you want to tell Dubuque? 
You can always hop on the Facebook page for Locally Famous DBQ. Shoot me a message and let's set up a time for you to talk to Blake. I can't wait to hear from you. And I love you guys and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And if you know anyone else too that would, you know, like to come on the show or anything, send them our way. We're more than happy to talk with them and, you know, I mean, have them talk about it. How about, uh, I mean, how about some of our success story participants? 